Hello and welcome to another episode of Around the Gavel. I'm your host, Sarah Morris. And today we're going to talk about, we're actually going to do part one of a four-part series on probate in Clark County, Nevada. So part one is today, and we're going to talk about affidavits of entitlement. So essentially what we're doing here, just to kind of lay the foundation for the entire series, um, probate is all about how much the person that passed away's assets are worth. So depending on the assets value, that dictates what type of probate you have to do in Clark County. So I say it's a four-part series because there's really four general um, types of probate. And in part one today, we're just going to be talking about, we're basically talking about the lowest valued estates. So Part one is affidavit of entitlement. An affidavit of an entitlement is something that you can do if someone passes away and their net worth, all their assets combined that you need to deal with is under $25,000. This also applies if there is someone that passes away and they're married and they have a surviving spouse and and the person that passed away's net worth is worth a hundred thousand or under, so or I'm sorry, under a hundred thousand. So it applies to anyone that has a net worth that we have to deal with of twenty five thousand or under, and then it applies to surviving spouses. It, you can go all the way up to a hundred thousand if you have a surviving spouse. If you don't have a surviving spouse, then we're at the twenty five thousand dollar mark. Not to be confusing, and I'll repeat this again at the end in a different way, just to make sure everybody's clear. Um, why do we want to talk about this? Well, I think it's an important topic because unfortunately things do happen that are unplanned. People unfortunately do pass away without an estate plan, without any plan in place. And then of course the people that they leave behind have to handle their stuff <laughs> and figure out what to do. So, um, I hope this never happens to anyone that's listening, um, in terms of, I hope that it doesn't happen where there isn't a plan in place. Um, But if it does, then at least this gives you some idea of what you need to do moving forward. So for the affidavits of entitlement, like I said, they're for anybody that passes away that only has under $25,000 worth of stuff that they need to handle. And when I say that, and I better start off with actually saying probate is the court process of transferring the decedent's assets to the heirs. So that's what probate is. I don't know if a lot of people really know what probate means. We throw around the word like everybody's supposed to know, but it's, it, but it's the court process of transferring assets of the decedent. So um, I'm going to jump in right away to an example because I think for me anyway, when I'm learning, it helps with examples. So let's say we have a person that passes away, they're single, they're not married, and they pass away, and the only thing they have is a bank account with $3,000 in it. That's the only thing. So, and I say that because that's the only thing that whoever they leave behind is going to have to gain access to. So in order to gain access to that account, they would need a court order, essentially. So that's why probate would come into play. So if we only have $3,000 worth of assets to someone that passes away, then we can do what's called an affidavit of entitlement. What that is is literally a form that you can 
pull up on the self-help website at, at the Clark County Courthouse. You can also go down to the courthouse, the 8th Judicial, let me be clear, the 8th Judicial District Court has a self-help center on the first floor. They also have the forms. You can either obtain them online or you can go to the self-help center. Um, and if you're doing the affidavit entitlement, then that, like I said, is a form that you fill out. Now, who's going to fill out this form? Well, it's going to be, if, if the person passes away and there's no will, then the court has to look to the statute to see who actually inherits. So if this fictitious person that I'm talking about in the example passes away, they're single, they leave behind, they don't have any children or a spouse, but they leave behind, let's say their father passed away, but they leave behind a mother. Well, by statute, and it's called the interstate succession statutes, the mom would inherit everything. So in a perfect world, the mom would be the one that would fill out the affidavit of entitlement to obtain the bank account, $3,000 bank account. Um, if she doesn't or doesn't want to, then another heir at law can, um, because it's anyone that could potentially inherit. So let's say the mom's 90 years old, she doesn't need, she doesn't want to deal with it so but this person has a sibling well in the nevada statutes if you pass away you have no kids you have no spouse it then goes to your parents if you have no parents it goes to your siblings if you have no siblings um, then it goes down the line so and we can do an entire other episode on the interstate succession statutes so everybody knows who gets what if you have if you don't leave a will uh, but for purposes of this example, let's just say there's a 90-year-old mom. She's going to fill out the affidavit of entitlement. If she didn't want to, then the next person in line would be this one of the siblings. So the siblings could do it, but basically whoever's filling out the affidavit of entitlement is saying, I get the money or I get the assets. So um, most of the time it's going to be the person that actually is entitled legally to the assets. They're the ones that, gonna, that are going to fill it out. I say that because... There is a way for the sibling to do it, but it's a little bit different because they basically have to provide notice to the people that should be inheriting, the people above them that should inherit, to tell them that they're doing this so they, the people above them have an opportunity to contest. Um, so in this example, if the mom didn't want to do it and, and there was a sister that was left behind, the sister could do it, but she'd have to provide 14-day notice to the mom that she's going to do this. So the mom had an opportunity to contest if she wanted to. So I know this can be a little confusing. Um, like I said, there are self, there is a self-help center to help you out on this topic. Let's talk about what's involved, what actually is said in the affidavit of entitlement. So the affidavit of entitlement is a very short form. The most important part about it is that in whoever is filling this form out and attesting to all of this information also has to attest that they don't know of any creditors of the decedent. So to me, that is the most important part of this entire form. Um, whenever you do an, an affidavit of entitlement, the statute requires that you wait 40 days from the death before you complete it. And that is because we want to make sure that creditors have an opportunity to pop up, right? So you wait 40 days, you fill it out, you've got to attest that you don't know of any creditors. If you do know of creditors, then of course the form doesn't work because you can't say that you don't know them. And then we've got other options and it's a little bit more complicated. But let's say this fictitious person's 
mother fills out the affidavit, they wait 40 days, no creditors pop up. And just so you know, in the real world, the way that you, that people, the heirs would kind of know about the creditors is because maybe you're probably getting the decedent's mail and they may be getting mail with like credit card statements or something where, you know, it's obvious that they owe money to people. So in that case, this doesn't work. But let's say they don't have any debt, then all the person has to do is fill out the affidavit of entitlement, and then you would submit it to the bank. In this case, the only asset is the bank account. And the bank would then be able to allow access to the heir to obtain that money. So the good thing about this is that it does not require court intervention. You do not need to go to court. And the idea behind this, I think, public policy-wise, is, okay, this is a very little bit amount, of, very small amount of money. There's no reason to incur court costs and fees. Um, if we've got, as long as you can say there's no creditors, and as long as the right person, the heir at law, is the one filling this out and trying to obtain the asset, then we're okay. Um, and like I said, this also applies if there's a surviving spouse and the estate is worth under $100,000. So this can also be done by a spouse in the same way. Um, and like, but the, but the big deal here for me and for pract all practical purposes and what I come across a lot is the problem is people, there are creditors. Most people have creditors. So if there are creditors and you know about them, then you can't use the form. And I also want to point out that this form, when you're valuing the estate to try to get it under, to see if it's under 25,000 or under a hundred thousand, if you're the surviving spouse, you do not count the value of the vehicle. So um, just an FYI, that doesn't need to be counted. Now, what happens to the vehicle in this type of a situation? The DMV actually has a form that's very similar to the Affidavit of Entitlement, whereby the heir at law fills out the form, and they have to say the same thing. There's no creditors, so title should be of the vehicle should be transferred to me. You submit it to the DMV, and then title will transfer. So it's the same process. It's just a separate form. So you don't use the Affidavit of Entitlement for the DMV. They have their own form that you use that's very, very similar. Um, and... Let me just give you an actual real-life example that happened a few months ago um, to me, unfortunately. I have a friend who passed away, um, and she only she did not have a lot of money. Um, she only she had two thousand dollars in the bank, and then she had a vehicle that was worth four thousand dollars. Before she passed away, she had had cancer, so she was very sick, and she had a lot of medical bills. So her sister contacted me after she passed away because she didn't have a plan. There was nothing. They didn't, you know, no will, nothing. And she said, what do I do? And so we worked through it, and the bottom line was the medical bills exceeded the value of her state. So the value of her state theoretically was $2,000. That's what was in the bank account. The $4,000 vehicle, remember, isn't actually included in the value of the estate. Um, she, the sister was the heir at law. She was the person that was surviving and should have inherited via interstate succession. Uh, she could not complete the affidavit because she knew there were creditors and she knew of the creditors. So what ended up happening is we, she had to abandon the bank account. She simply abandoned it because it wasn't worth pursuing. If she had wanted to pursue it, then we would have had to go to probate court, which would have cost more time and money than it would have been worth because we're only talking about $2,000. And like I said, this is part one of a four-part series. We'll talk about the different levels of probate court and 
she would have had to do, have done what's called a set aside to notice the creditors because that's the only way we we would have had to go to probate in order to properly notice the creditors in order for in order to her, for her to possibly obtain the $2000 which was not worth the time so unfortunately we just we had to abandon the bank account and then we also aban she abandoned the vehicle as well because like i said the same thing happens with the dmv you've got to attest there's no creditors there were creditors so she couldn't fill out the form so we had to abandon the vehicle so basically she got nothing except the personal possessions not that she wanted anything anyway but it just it didn't make sense financially for her to pursue the bank account um, so I hope this was helpful. I hope everybody listening, no one has this experience, <laughs> but in case you do, or you know someone that does, then at least, um, you might have an idea of what to do. And I do stress that the self-help center is very, is very helpful and you can always go there. Um, and it's online and it's also at the courthouse. So that's all I have for today. Um, as always, you know, I'm happy to talk to you about any estate planning needs. Uh, we also do business and real estate. So if there's anything in those three areas of law that you have questions about or that you need help with, um, we do offer complimentary 15-minute phone consults. So please feel free to call or email and we can set one up for you. Um, and I will see you next time.